Welcome to the Speed Stick Ladies podcast. Hi, stickers. We missed you. Missed you. It's been so long. We've had, Ada and I have had a little bit of a, like, fun summer events happening. Yeah. Kind of gotten in the way of our our stickers. It's so nice to be back. Sorry for for the little break, but we know you all understand. Most of you have been on summer vacations anyway, so no one's paying attention. Shout out Europe. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, it was such a, such a weird week. We're going to get into this, but let's do a self hug. And, and I, it, for this episode specifically, I want to, do you remember the old um, Care Bears stare? They would get in a line. Oh, and they, and their bellies. Their out. Yes. I'm going to Care Bear stare to you right now. Can you feel it? Totally feel it. <laughs> What are you staring at me for? Well, I'm staring at you because today's topic is tough. We're going to talk about, so Ada, Ada and I have, uh, have had a lot of, lots of chats. We're like, let's get into family at some point. It's going to be hard as hell, but let's do it. It's important. Yeah. And this is something we seen you and I talk about a lot just because we were there. We saw all this stuff unfold Yeah, and it was, it's kind of crazy looking at this and our stories, I mm-hmm. realized today that we're kind of opposites. Very. I was seeing that too. I'm like, when I was wow. reading over yours. I, I never like, realized oh. that before. Yeah. Cause I think you had an assumption. We both probably had assumptions about what things were like. Although I would say what you're about to talk about is what I saw, you know? So, yeah. Well, so we're going to get into it. We're going to uh, today, Ada and I are going to talk about our family dynamics growing up. Uh, what happened through the years, what we kind of endured, and where we're all at today. I think some of the things I always see in other, whether it be friends, family, everyone has their shit. Everyone has things that are not ideal. Everybody's dysfunctional. Everyone has a dysfunction of some sort, whether it's like too perfect or too happy. And that, I mean, that's subjective, but everyone has something. So we're going to talk about our families today. Uh, the first topic we want to start with is growing up. What was the family dynamic, both immediate family and extended family? Hey, thanks for that kickoff, Izzy. That's such a good overview you gave. <laughs> good job. Thanks, you're, doing, you're doing really well for being hungover today. I'm so proud so of you. Over. Uh, too bad y'all can't see me. I'm hungover and burnt. So that's, but you're glowing. I think your skin looks amazing. Am I pregnant? Was, no, there's no, was, actually, there's no possible was way. All that banana boat. <laughs> Hey, Banana Boat. First Shout out to Banana Boat and Ben Sound. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's jump into it. I'll start talking about what my family dynamic was like when I was growing up. So I'm going to start with my immediate family. From my perspective, it felt really leave it to beaver when I was growing up. Uh, my parents both worked really hard, middle class. Um, I had two brothers. We lived in a small town, went to a really good school. We did all the like normal stuff, like taking family vacations. And I fought with my brothers a lot and I played with my Barbies all the time. Um, it just all seemed really normal. Nothing like crazy was happening in my life. I was really close with my dad. He was my favorite out of both my parents. I also had a brother that I 
was closer to than the other. So like him and I would always hang out with each other. Um, may, may I ask a question? Yeah. Because your, your version of it is completely valid, obviously, but I would be remiss if I didn't call on the fact that you got really emotionally kind of the things that your family would say to you were like yes. appalling, appalling. So I don't think it impacted me then, but it okay. does in my life. Yeah. Now, when I think back to it, I just am sad for the kid, the girl that yes. was said that those things were said to. So, you know, my, Ugh. my parents and my brothers would body shame me quite a bit. And I wasn't even a big kid. No. I was probably bigger than you. Like I That's actually what's think so fucked up about the whole thing. And I don't know if it was like, I was like the one that everybody had fun picking on mm-hmm. and I just kind of brushed it off and I tried to laugh about it, but I think longer term that stuff bothered me and it made me way more self-conscious about myself and my body. Yeah. Um, but at the time, everything just still felt pretty normal. Yeah, yeah. I got fucking hit by my parents, but it was pretty normal for kids to all get spanked. Like I, it, what felt unnormal or out of the norm, I guess, was when I would meet kids that didn't get spanked because most of us did that grew up in the nineties. Um, so I would say for the most part, things were things were good. I go to the negative, obviously. So I had to bring up the, the shit that I would, we'd be at the, the breakfast table and it would be something about like calling you fat, like from out of nowhere. And it was like, what are we doing? What's happening? And back back then I was like, what? That's mean. My brothers aren't even like that anymore. And, but your mom and dad did it too. They allowed it. Yeah. And and they they did. They made, they made comments. I remember your dad would make comments too. I'm like, "Mm, you don't say that to young girls. Yeah, that's, I know it's really, so anyway, there's a, your story. I know there's a family, um, there's a home video where my brother was slapping my thigh and I'm just sitting there like laughing. Like I didn't know what he was doing Yeah. until later he said, look, you can see her fat shake. I was like, Oh, like that's so messed up. And I wasn't even that, I wasn't even fat. I don't even think I was like, I was told I was at a normal weight for a kid. I go back to the picture we took together. I'm short and stocky and you're tall and lean. Like that's what we were growing up. And, you know, most of the time now I'm like getting into life was not perfect. Most of the time I can remember like trying to sneak food, like trying to sneak sweets or junk food because I wasn't allowed to have it, but we would have it in the house. I would like sneak it up to my room. Mm -hmm. And so I would get caught for that stuff and they probably would make fun of me and call me fat for that. But again, I wasn't an overeater and I didn't have a weight problem. So I don't understand wanting to be a kid. Yeah. I was, I think I was deprived of a lot of those things. And then when I left the house and grew up, it was like, oh my God, I can access all this amazing food that I wasn't allowed to eat for so many years. Right. Which is kind of weird. So that was my dysfunction, I guess. You did have all the good foods and. But I wasn't allowed to eat them. My parents would let me have it, but they couldn't afford to get it. So whenever I came to your house, I was like, yes, Pop-Tarts. Yes. 
yeah. all the fun food. I don't know why we just, my brothers were never restricted from that stuff, but I can remember my mom telling me I would be as big as a house if I kept eating a certain way. And she did take me to Weight Watchers when I was, I think, 13. I mean, she had me start dieting at a really young age. And it's, it's interesting because I heard something recently about that and how parents now should not start their kids on diets because that's what fucks up their metabolism. And all of us that grew up in the nineties dealt with that. Ada, putting a kid 13 in a diet in a program, no less in my opinion, is like, is, is mental abuse. Like that's, I was, I was sitting in Weight Watchers meetings with Mm -hmm. adults. And if you hear the things that they talk about in those meetings, it's like, I mean, everybody's like talking about things that they do to, it's basically eating disorders Yeah, when you're restricting certain things or I don't know. I understand trying to be healthy, but, uh, you don't, that's, mm, I don't get the correlation. That's not at all like a 13 by no, no, to no. be like healthy. No, no, no. I can understand trying to teach someone how to eat healthy, but taking them to Weight Watchers That's extreme. is not mm-hmm. what. That's what I, I mean. Like, I don't I, see the correlation between like Weight, Weight Watchers and healthy pounds. eating. Yeah. No. And, and by the way, that's 13 is probably the actual age where you need to start, like your body starts figuring out what it actually does need. Mm-hmm. And one would say, like, we're in our growing years. We need food. Like, I just can't with that. So we can move on. I'm okay, going to get ragey. Talk about I'm ex- going to get ragey. Um, so extended family. I had a ton of cousins and aunts and uncles. And I just remember when I was growing up, we were all really close with each other. Everybody pretty much lived within an hour of each other. So we spent a lot of time together. I can remember all sorts of, like, fun times with my cousins. And my parents were um, always hanging out with my aunts and uncles and always talking on the phone with them. And like that stuff seemed really normal and good. I know Um, what you mean. There was something, my husband's very surprised of where we come from. And like, we all were super tight with our cousins growing up. mm -hmm. That was not, I don't know that. I think it was just a product of our community. We just always hung out with like local with our with our cousins because we were in a small town. It was our first friends? I don't know. Yes, they were our first friends. Yeah. And then the, yeah. to your point, the siblings still got along. Mm-hmm. Now that's shifted, and I'll talk about that later. But okay, so let's hear your family dynamic when you're growing up. I can't wait. So the immediate family: my mom, dad, sister, and I. Uh, daily life was hostile and scary. I didn't know from one minute to the next what was going to cause a blow up. Uh, I remember, so I was physically taken care of by, by, I mean, like I had food, shelter and clothing, but emotional and mental health was very toxic and unhealthy. I was constantly worried. I had very, I have very specific memories of being worried that my mom was going to commit suicide. I was always worried that my parents were going to get divorced. I was always worried that my dad was going to beat me. I was just always, or I, that he was going to beat her. And I was just like, it was just fucking scary. Every single moment, you just didn't know what to expect. So that kind of unhinged, like unstructured, it was like, I was honest. I was, 
had a structure, but the, on, again, on the physical side, like I had a, I had bath time, I had bedtime, but emotional, mental health, no structure, no. And so it caused at school, I would act out. I would uh, just go to the nurse's office and cry for hours until my mom could pick me up. I was just a basket case. And all of that, like my mom and dad, like hated each other. Seemingly, they would always just be so mean to each other. And then I would have specific memories. My parents would like hook up every night and like had a water bed, and it kept me awake because it was so loud. Like I was confused by that because I'm like you're mean to each other, but then you do this. I don't get it. So it caused like a kind of an unhealthy nature in me about what love and sex is. Uh, and then overall what a healthy relationship should look like like that was the example that was set for you and it really stems from my dad hitting my mom before I was born my my sister had been born and he like he like trapped her in a bathtub and just kept like pummeling her that's the worst image I have in my head about that whole thing so they they met in high school and they Uh, junior high so when did all that start? Was it after they got married? Yeah, it was the, within the first year. It was like they had no money. They were so young. My dad was working nights and they had a and new that baby. that was his way of dealing with stress was just they had a new. Out. Yeah, my sister was crying and my mom couldn't get her to stop. And um, it's just fucked up. So with, within like the hostile environment was was built by my dad moved the, the physical abuse from my mom to us. And then my mom to have some control of the situation in my opinion just started treating him like shit so emotional and mental abuse and then the physical on us and so just nothing felt safe I was never safe that's what it felt like I just I'm I'm so sorry that you went through that as a child and I don't know what happened and how I don't remember any of this and how because you and your house was my safe place. So the moment I left my environment and went to you and, and to your point, I don't know that I didn't know that was normal back then. I don't so, know that you ever talked to me about it. I don't Cause I don't know it. that I needed to, I don't know that I, I needed to, at the time I didn't realize that I needed help with it probably, or that it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And because I saw your mom hit you, I was like, oh, so this happens. Okay. Like this goes on everywhere. Yeah. I was like, this is the normal. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that I felt like I even needed to talk about with you. Cause like, we all just knew, I don't know. But even when I would stay the night, cause I, I feel like we had sleepovers quite a bit. And did your parents just not do that stuff when other kids were around? Correct. Which also like taught ingrained in me that you put on a face, like you put on your mask whenever a third party is around. Okay. So they, you would literally never know. Cause I'm, I'm sure like my mom was sweet as pie. My dad was kind, you know, and you just would never see that. They would never. So I do remember, I do remember your dad. I wouldn't have necessarily described him as kind. Oh, fair. He's gruff, right? Yeah. 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 And I just remember him not really wanting to have anything to do with any of us when we would be there yeah so I remember your mom being really sweet and mm-hmm. driving us places and yeah. laughing at us and like yeah um 
but your dad pretty much just stayed away from us yeah. <laughs> whenever we were there. You're right. I, I don't know. I think I, I think I'm channeling him current day. He's kind today, but not uh-huh. back then. He I was like, why did why the fuck do you have kids? Like, what did you expect this was gonna be like? Yeah, why do you just want nothing and then you beat them? Like he what? wanted nothing to do with us for so long. Like, just you're right. You're absolutely right. Like yeah. he would, I remember, I remember one day I had been sick on the couch. And he got home and usually him coming home was like, oh shit. Uh, looking, you know, just making sure everything, everything was like up to snuff. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had been sick. So I was on the couch and like, he came in and just hugged me and I was like, what's happening? Yeah. But I remember needing it so bad. Like I just like. And those moments were probably oh, so rare that you remember. So every rare. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I remember every single like hug. Did your mom was show like, you very much love? Physically, I remember I always like clung to my mom. I was literally that child that would just hang on her waist always. And she's like, don't cling to me. Don't, don't hang on me. That hurts. Like I was that. So I think, yes, like she would show me love. Yes. I felt love from my mom. She didn't, I think she said it. I'm like really trying to dig deep here in the archives. Uh, I remember feeling that my mom loved me. I remember thinking that my mom and dad didn't like each other. They never would embrace or like love to say, I love you. We weren't, I love you kind of family. So we didn't say it very often. And, but we also did the things that you did. Like we went on a family vacation each year. We did you and your sister like help support each other through those times or what was that like not one time okay not one time and she to this day if I were to bring it up today she would say it didn't happen so I feel kind of gaslight situation and when I do bring it up yeah that's interesting and not to not to take away from your story but I just wanted to mention too when I see my brother and his wife and their three kids today they all every single night hug each other like so big and tight and say I love you to each other love that. and I'm like yeah that never happened when we no. were growing up and he probably took that cue be like I want to do things differently so I'm proud of him totally. for that that's good totally it's good and um yeah because since you mentioned it I don't think I ever remember hearing those words I love you <laughs> or being hugged and like snuggled like, I remember my precious yes I remember my youngest brother getting a lot of snuggles all the time because he was such a he nugget was like the baby <laughs> he's so precious yeah but but like why wasn't that love shown to the yeah, rest of you us you and like, to the you all was, need it you're all children yeah so I I think a lot of the parents now learned from that yeah. dynamic that they yeah. grew up in and they're trying to change it anyway so, so no I appreciate bringing that point up so I'll go with my extended family yeah so my dad's family was huge uh like 13 of us cousins and there were five original siblings so huge family my grandpa died a long time ago pretty sure he beat my dad that's where he got it and oh but none of them liked mom so growing up it was always hearing shit talking like we your would mom. be in a family. They didn't like yes, them. No. And she didn't like them for what it's worth. But do you know why? So I've gotten bits and pieces. 
but apparently one of my dad's sisters and my mom were best friends before my mom and dad started dating. And she feels that my mom used her to get to, to get my dad. To, okay. And so I was like, interesting. So was your but, dad like the hot guy at school that everybody wanted to date? I don't think so. I think it was just like <laughs> the two of them. That's what's so wild about their story. I do think that they're like soulmates and meant to be together. They just need to get their shit worked out and like not had kids off the jump. Like it was just wild. So, so it was really tense growing up and like, we would leave a family function and my mom would like call my aunt's names and complain about them the whole drive home. Like, you know, and talking about how my grandma did this or that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So that's all I knew. Uh, one time. It's terrible. Sorry, I, I'm laughing. It's so one bad. Time, no, don't be sorry. We have to laugh or we'll cry, right? Um, one time my dad's sister yelled at me because I didn't send her a thank you card for my birthday money. And I didn't know what to do, but my dad like stepped in and like had my back. And I was like, interesting. Okay. And then. Same like he family. would protect you from other people, but he would Just be also himself. the one that would hit you yeah um and then one time when I was older with the same family they like left my dad out of the of the big holiday gift for my grandma and my dad was really hurt you could see it and like the moment he left the room I was like what is wrong with all of you do you forget you have a brother and like my grandma like everybody was just so mad at me for saying something but I'm like no no like I was just I was like let's do this and that's just my personality so I think from there on out, they, they only, they all like each family split out and got their own gift for grandma because of my outburst. Um, <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Great job, sis. I'm always been a change agent. Uh, <laughs> change agent. <laughs> so on my mom's side, it was smaller and seemingly happier, but now looking back and like knowing what I know, it was, it was all real fucked up. My mom has been mentally ill since she was a child and she just used to get like laughed at by my grandparents. And my grandparents also set up a dynamic in their household where my uncle could do no wrong and he got everything, but he hated them. And my mom was always looking so much for their approval, but they would leave her at like, I don't know, they were her baby. They were, she was their baby girl, but they also kept her at like arm's length. It was just kind of wild. So so that's extended for me. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's, it's just fucked up childhoods. Like, I wonder, I, as I was putting this together, I was thinking about how different would things be for us if it was normal, semi-normal or better, you know? Like what would have been different in our lives? I wonder. I think it, for me, it wouldn't have taken nearly 20 years of my life to try to figure out I didn't want to do those things. Oh yeah. Like at 40, I'm finally like starting to kind of get what I want my life to be. And maybe I would have figured that out much sooner. I don't know. That's a good way to look at it. My life in the context of like, I don't want to judge people. I don't want to talk shit about people. I don't want to bring people down. I want to be a source of honest honesty, but like positivity for someone. So yeah. just realizing I don't want the way that I was raised. I don't want to be like that. Yeah. So when did it all shift? What when when did this dynamic shift for you based on what you 
talked about in the first part? So for me, it all really seemed to change when I turned 14. My notes say dad whore. <laughs> I see it. I'm reading it. I was like dad whore. So when I was 14, my dad left us for the neighbor and he ended up marrying her. And as all of that unfolded, a lot of secrets were coming out. My parents were trying to get us to play certain sides, the like typical divorce story that you would see back in the nineties, where the two parents end up completely hating each other and the kids are kind of stuck going back and forth. Yeah. So that changed everything for us. It felt like what? I have a quick question. Do you remember your dad leading up to this time? He was always on the computer. Yeah. Was that what he was doing? He was talking to other women. Multiple. Yeah. That's when chat rooms started coming out. Yeah. So one of the secrets that had come out was he had had other affairs on my mom throughout the years, but they always kept that stuff from us. We didn't know about it, but of course it all comes out and the kids find out everything when the parents split up, which is interesting that they chose to protect you from that, but not like physical or emotional or mental harm, harmful things. Yeah. And if you talk to my mom about it today, she would probably say that I had a much better life than she ever had. So she had a pretty bad childhood where she was abused. And so break the cycle. I think, right. She didn't break it. I think she tried to make it better, but it was still messed up. Like that's not an excuse. And I'm well, you know, all that. The other thing I was going to say real quickly too, and this is maybe a kind of a comic break, but your family computer was smack dab in the middle of the kitchen. (laughs) What did he think he was being stealthy at? I think he did it when most of us weren't there, but I remember him going into the bedroom and talking on the phone to some women because oh I would come in there and ask him who he was talking to and he'd get really defensive with me. It was probably maybe a couple years of this kind of behavior, maybe not that much. And there was a certain point too, where we were making jokes about, oh, dad's neighbors, the, gr- the neighbor's dad's girlfriend, we would we would make jokes about that for a really long time until, um, I, one afternoon I had gone to the movie theater with the neighbor and her kids because I had babysat for her kids. And I forgot about that. We were at the movies. I'll never forget. It was Jerry Maguire. So I I despise that movie to this day. Good to know. Yes. And she called my dad halfway through the movie and he showed up and they were sitting next to each other. He had his hand on her leg and I'm sitting there the entire time and could not focus on the movie and just kept thinking like, Oh, she really is his girlfriend. Like, Like what's happening. Yeah. And so that's when I went home and told my mom Like, this is what I just saw. And that's when shit blew up. So it was. How how brazen is that? Why would you do that? Like, it's like they wanted to get caught. Yeah. They're ready for it to come to light. If you want to get caught, why would you do it in front of your children? Yeah. Do you talk to those kids ever that you babysat for and were so close to for a long time? My stepsiblings? Oh, fair. Your (laughs) stepsiblings? No, I think of them. Um, I, I picture them in their 
their original state. Like yeah, they were my siblings now. Oh my gosh, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I don't talk to them. One of them, I'm I'm connected with through social media, and another one we were connected, but I blocked because I just. I don't like a lot of it just triggers bad feelings for me so of course because they're probably posting like their family life with your dad like that's yeah it kind of turned into like my dad then moved in with them and became their dad and he left us and wasn't my dad anymore and and folks and I was folks listening literally the neighbor like you could throw a stone to their house Yeah. yeah um and so we lived there in the neighborhood for like a year before we finally sold the house and left, but it was total chaos from that Mm -hmm. point on where I never knew what I was going to come home to. One day I came home to the house had been broken into by my dad and he took everything that was in the house, all the furniture, the computer, of course. And my mom and brother just sitting there crying like, what? Like, this is this, these were my teenage years. And Um, I just remember my mom becoming very much a recluse for probably a good year where she would come home from work and she would make dinner, leave it on the stove and go up to her room and shut the door and not talk to anybody. So, I mean, we were basically just raising ourselves at that Mm -hmm. point and no one was there for us. I think that was a really fucking selfish thing to do. Mm -hmm instead of check hey let me check in on my kids and see how they're handling this hey like kids, how are you processing this like and also your minors yeah like that's your guardian dude I don't know my older brother was working at that point and so he yeah. would go to work and I mean I don't I don't know I I do remember um going over and screaming in my neighbor's driveway I remember and yelling at them I did that a lot and the police would get called on me um, and I grew up in a really nice neighborhood and this is what was happening. All the yeah. neighbors were seeing this unfold. My mom would, um, encourage me to go over and act out like oh, this no. because she, she told me it was my way of working through it, but I think it caused me to have like a lot of like anger problems. And I would just like lose my temper really easily. And I, it didn't teach me to control my temper at all. At all. Well, back to your point about, I undoubtedly know that your mom was going through a lot, but her responsibility, and we'll talk, I w- I'll talk about this a little bit more later, like try to channel that into the kids. Like, okay, yeah. things haven't been ideal. We've gone through a lot. Let's, let's come together. Let's, uh, let's all go to therapy, the four of us, you know, together. Let's see yeah. what this, and let's you, do something. Yeah. And you see a lot of families that split up today. That's how they work through this and their co-parents and they, yes. everybody gets a lot. It's beautiful. And I'm like, yeah. it was total chaos for us. It was awful. You just and, Cause you had been to your point, like you've been pretty stable in all yes. senses of the word, because again, at your house, like everybody was like, laughing you did normal things and then suddenly yeah. this like like what just like it just a blew it up shock wave yeah like I can remember the moment my parents sat us down to tell us they were getting divorced where it was how we reacted and I was just watching the pen 15 episode there's I don't know if you've gotten to it yet oh yeah when her parents tell her they're getting divorced and like anytime I see a show where that happens it's just like a flood of emotions to me it's, oh it's yeah. awful I'm sorry 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry just, to hear. I'm just sorry to hear it. I'm sorry that you went through it. And yeah. I just watched that episode actually over the next last week or two. Funny you say that. And I remember her saying she was like, "It's the most sad thing in my entire life." I don't know the way she said it. It was. So, I was like, "Man, I felt that." Yeah. So I'll just skip forward the rest of my teenage years before college. Then it, it felt like most of high school, I was pretty much on my own. I was making some pretty bad decisions, but I didn't really have parents looking after me. Um, my dad was consumed by his new wife and their new baby that they were having and his new kids. And then my mom was very much consumed getting a new boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So she was out of the bars all the time with her friends. And like, that's wonderful. I'm glad that she, like, she needed that. Um, but I think it took away from her being a parent. She was just out partying a lot and then mm -hmm. dating a lot of guys. I remember guys coming home with her late at night and I felt like I was the parent. I can remember waking up at two in the morning to her and a guy at the house. And I basically like threw him out of the house. <laughs> wow. And it's just like, that whole thing was just fucked. So fucked. So I felt like most of my teenage years were kind of, I don't know if I want to say taken away from me because I still enjoyed them and I still did fun stuff, yeah. but like it wasn't normal. And I did stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. Right. I was acting out, but like, I don't know. I think about like how differently would things have been if that didn't happen? Where would things be now? I just, I don't know, but I, and I want to, I want to receive that, but I also encourage us to look toward what the resiliency that we were able to build, how that has impacted our life today that we wouldn't have had maybe the resiliency or strength and I kind of buzzwords for growing up in traumatic situations, but I don't want us to like sit and dwell on what could have been. I still dwell. On I don't know it, where that I think about where it. does that get us? I, I, I know don't it doesn't get you. us anywhere, yeah. but sometimes like I just get in my feels about it. And I do think about like how different things would be. You didn't have to struggle through like very formative years. Yeah, it's like, what if that, you know, because you talked about, you've talked about before that you did have anger issues, like you were kind of a mean girl for a little bit. Yeah. So did it come from that? Like, would it, you know, so yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh, and I'll talk more about it in the next topic, like yes. where it's brought us today, but I want to hear okay. the rest from your story. Okay. So, so hearing you talk to makes me realize that I actually do feel I was robbed of my childhood of the happiest moments of childhood. Mm -hmm. Cause it was like from zero to 13, all I knew was like this hostile, tumultuous, like just scary environment. And so when I was 13, my dad had just hit me for something. And I was like, and we, like, I just started like crying and screaming. And I was like, stop, like you can ground me. Like I'm 13. Why do you keep doing this? And he like sat on the bed and started crying. And he was like, you're right. Like, he was like, I, I want to stop this. And I was like, okay, then stop. It was like, he was addicted to it. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't even know. It was like so wild. Cause he was very aware that it was wrong. I think the way that he did it. And yeah. so 
from there, 13 on, I would say like, that's when things started to get a little bit better for me because that stopped. And I started to feel like a quote unquote normal kid again, or whatever that means, because instead of getting in trouble and being so terrified of life, I would get grounded. So I was always grounded, always grounded because I was always testing the limits and the boundaries. But from 13 on, my dad and I just, our relationship really started growing. And then over the past, I would say decade, my dad and I have gotten really real about mm-hmm. how bad it was. And mm-hmm. he will say to this day, like, I made so many mistakes. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I know dad, and we'll just kind of work it through together. Cause I also don't want him to have like a pity party or think that he ruined my life or just, it just sucked is all I need him to know. <laughs> like it just sucked. So yeah. From 13 on, like I became kind of a rebellious teen. I was on the dance team. I would start like drinking and smoking a little bit, hanging out with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, smoking Capri cigarettes. Smoking Capri cigarettes. I and I felt, I felt alive. I felt like fun. I felt that I was finally getting into something that felt good in life mm-hmm. um, and that I was headed for something. I didn't know what it was. So my dad and I's relationship kind of got better through my teens because I was starting to drive. He, you know, had a, had built a car for my sister and I. And so it was kind of cool. Mom and I fell into like a wicked love hate relationship where on any given day we'd either again, love or hate each other. And I know she loved me so much, but to the point where she would try to control every outcome of my life instead of letting me live it. One good example is that when I was prior to my current husband, like I was, I was set to get married in college and he, he uh, effectively cheated on me. And we'll talk about that during breakups at some point, but point is my mom called his mom directly and was like, what did you raise? Like what? And like, I was like, no, no, we don't do that. That she has nothing to do with this. I thought she was a great woman. Like, don't do that. It was so rude. And I was like, I was grown, like, let me handle my shit. So that was just all my teens. Like it was kind of like, it kind of switched. Like I was obsessed with my mom, you know, leading up to that age. And then it kind of switched to obsessed with neither. And then it became just kind of like a, throughout my teens, twenties, it was more like, it was always this love hate. And I started to really realize the toxicity of it. So I, different times I would just make my space or, you know, take my create distance between my mom and I specifically. I'm like, I can't talk to you right now. Like this is toxic. So, cause she was just so mentally Maybe, and emotionally even not though, well. Yeah. And even though like our stories are so opposite of each other, I think we relate in the fact that when we hit our teenagers, it was like, our friends were our safe space and like the normal place for us to go. And I think our focus was more on our friendships than our family. The whole life. Yeah. Although like, I will say you were my safe space growing up. Like I would just want out of that house and just be with you. But then to your point, what I am thankful about in the friendships that I started, like I really built in my teens, all of them, we're all going to college and going to do these big things. So that was the catalyst that kind of got me going saying like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to do that too. And I had no idea what I wanted to do, but because of them, they kind of helped guide me from a Mm -hmm. place that I didn't have. So. 
Oh, that's nice. So what does all this look like now, Ada? What is our dynamic with our, what's our families? What is it now? Okay. So okay. now we're 40. We've <laughs> well, created almost, um, we've created these amazing lives for ourselves. Yeah. I don't have a relationship with my dad anymore. I tried a lot on and off throughout the years. And then when I was about, I want to say 33 or 34, I just made the decision that it was making me sick, physically sick to my stomach every time I would have to be with them Mm -hmm. for holidays or whatever. And I was so sure in my decision at that point that I was like, I'm done with this Mm -hmm. relationship. It's, it's not bringing anything to my life other than very negative things. And so I had to move on. Um, so that relationship doesn't exist. I don't have any ill feelings towards them. I pretty much am very numb towards him and his family. Like they almost don't exist to me now at this point. Although I still get glimpses into their life because they're still in my brother's lives. And so Mm -hmm. I hear things from my brothers or I see pictures or any of that stuff, which sometimes that can be upsetting to me. Right. But I try to just move past it and not like overthink it. It's like, okay, you have this great life. Like, don't let this hold you back. Um, my relationship with my mom is pretty good, but I would say it's very surface level. We talk a lot. We've had a lot of ups and downs in our relationship, times where we have not spoken to each other. Um, we're very different from each other. I'm a very independent person, much more liberal than she is. And we have a lot of different opinions about things. So we know that there's certain things that we can't talk about. Uh, I don't think I told you this, but when she was visiting recently, the Roe v. Wade conversation came up and it was bad. (laughs) And it ended in tears. I was in tears and I had to just stop the conversation. I was like, we cannot talk about this. I told her and I said, and she's like, it's okay. Let's just move on with our day. And I said, there's certain topics that you and I cannot talk about because we have very different opinions. Neither of us are going to change our opinions. So it's, it's not things that we should even bring up. So anyway, we, we say surface level. Well, so, but I am proud of you for saying, like you set a boundary and said, we can't talk about this stuff. Yeah. Because, we, and, and we did talk about it. She heard my opinion on it. And then I heard hers and I'm like, we're done talking about this. But you tried. So that's yeah. good. And I, and I like that you recognize that you can't, because I think one of the hardest things I've, I've heard people say throughout the years, they're like, how did you just stop talking to your mom for a few months? I'm like, well, it wasn't fucking easy, but it was so harmful to me personally. Like I would, I would be impacted from a visit or like a talk with her for days. That just wasn't healthy. Yeah. It's so I'm proud of you for saying that. Yeah. And I didn't let it impact the rest of our visits. Like I had my moment and I'm like, okay, let's just move forward. So, um, my brother, I have, you know, my relationship with my brothers is good. 
I think that it's pretty surface level. I've, I have a little bit more distance now with my brothers than I used to. And I think part of that is since I moved away to another, st- I live in another state than them. Um, we just aren't together as much. And so I think that has kind of caused that, but nothing bad. We still get together and we still talk on the phone every once in a while. And then my family, my extended family is very different. Uh, when my parents split up, all of my aunts and uncles and cousins, which a majority of them were on my dad's side, all pretty much forgot about us, which is so weird to me when I think about it as an adult, I think about my nieces and nephew and if their parents ever, I would never just desert them. Like why, why did that happen? So, um, I am angry at them about, about that stuff. You know, my mom will talk about how she's bumped into them and I'm always like, Oh, so did you ask them why they deserted all of us when this happened? Like, it just makes no sense to me. These were your dads. Yes. Yeah. And they like probably, family. yeah, they probably just, you know, felt like their loyalty was to my dad, but we were still his kids. We were still, at that point, we were all still in his life. So that was weird to me, but I do have an aunt, uncle and cousins on my mom's side that I'm still close with, but this, the family's just a lot smaller than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think thinking about like how all of this got me to where I am today, I don't think I would have the independence I do if that wouldn't have happened. I try to think of the positives, like I'm a really independent person. I'm a really hard worker because I couldn't depend on anybody else. Right. So I think that those were some of the best things that came out of this for me. And it taught me that, um, on the negative side, I know that it has impacted my relationships. I'm very, I'm really quick to write people off and cut them out of my life. And I think part of the reason why I'm not in a serious, like, stable relationship with someone is because I just, it, I also like try not to get too close to people sometimes too. So I think we both do that and we both feel it when the other one's doing it. So what's fun for me at this age is like knowing like you, you have become a safe space like you were back then. And now it's, I think it's really beautiful that we're getting to learn kind of the behind the scenes because we were each other's kind of mm-hmm. happiness through some mm-hmm. of those things. And now it's like peeking by the her- behind the curtain and like, we've come here. It's like, wow. Like to be a support on the other side, it's, just it's kind of wild. It's wild and awesome. So yeah, it is. My dynamic now with my family is that my dad and I, like I said earlier, here probably, he and I are probably the closest we've ever been. Mom. So we all know, it, she, you know, she had a, a complete mental breakdown late last year she's currently inpatient at a facility for geriatric psychiatry psychology because there are uh, and again she has had these her entire life and my grandparents didn't help her my dad sister and me effectively through the years didn't help her we would even like make fun of her at times and until it all came crashing down and over the past decade I've been trying to get my dad to pay attention to it more and say like, mom needs help. Mom needs help. And it just fell on deaf ears. I try not to get frustrated with that, but I am some days because now we're at a point where at 65, she's trying to restart her life again. Like 
the meds still aren't right. She's having anxiety attacks every day. She's so that's why she's currently inpatient. So I say this because due to my mom's illness currently, that has led my mom, dad, sister, and I to be the most transparent and authentic that we've probably ever been in life. So we don't get to hide behind a mask. We don't get to pretend it's not happening because it's in our fucking face. And like, we've got to help her because everyone has failed her her entire life. And it, it makes me upset. So I wish really, I wish so hard. And I know I just said this to you that we can't dwell on it, but like, I wish so hard that there would just have been a more supportive mental health society so far. I'm going to cry. Oh my gosh. It, this is my, it makes me sad. Um, I just wish she could have, someone would have just stepped in way earlier and said, we've got to do something about this. We want to get you help. We want your quality of life. She doesn't fucking deserve to be sitting in a fucking mental health ward at 65. Like she should be going to see the world with my dad. Like it just makes me upset. Um, I know. But my parents have finally grown up into adults, which is the kind of silver lining. It's kind of fun to see them as parents and as adults now. And that I had to figure it all out on my own. I just had to. And I saw something I wanted, didn't know what it was. I'm here now, but I couldn't have told you how I did it, like step by step. But they finally grown into adults. They finally grown into a place where they're healthy with each other, with their minds, their emotions. And they genuinely do want to have a good life together. And that's really nice. Uh, I worry about my sister. She kind of present, pretends all this is not happening. Or she makes it. And I, I honestly don't know where she's at. She and I are very surface level. And when I try to talk to her about it, it's kind of like it didn't happen. So that's where we are today. Do you think she has people that she's talking to about it? If she does, I, I hope so. I really do hope so. Mm-hmm. If she does, she doesn't talk about it with me. But I also, my mom, dad, and sister do everything together. So my mom is, or my sister is very much ingrained in their lives too. Mm-hmm. So I just worry about her because I'm not, I just, I hope she's okay. And when I try, when I talk to her and I ask her if she's okay, she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. doesn't go very far. So Oh, we didn't laugh the... very much today, huh? No, okay. No, we didn't have very many laughs. We knew this would it's be okay. heavy, but that's yeah, that that relationship with you and your sister. That's the one that really has not changed and gone up and down Mm-mm. at all this whole time. No, it's the same. Like we probably were. I remember one time in my sister's life. Two times there were there were two there were there was a situation that I was there for her. And there's a situation with me that she was there for me. Just those two times that we like dropped everything and went to each other's aid. Other than that. It was so rare. <clears throat> Didn't so, happen much. I appreciate you giving space to this and hearing your story. Thanks for sharing yours. This is like really hard stuff for us to talk yeah, about. It is. Um, but it's, 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 it's cathartic. And I think a lot of folks will a lot of our listeners will uh, feel kindred with what we're talking about. So what kind of advice would we give someone that's going through just family problems? What would be your advice to them? My advice would be if they're just a little bit, the tiniest bit open to going to therapy as a family, 
I would always say that, like, I would actually want a therapy session current day with my family to see what we could get into. So I would say, if you have any sort of an open door, try to go to therapy and get in like in a family session and don't make it one and done. It's gotta be, I think the hardest part, Ada, is that everyone has to kind of opt into it. It's not something that, and especially with our parents' age, like it's hard to get them like on board, if you will. So yeah, and if you can't, just take care of yourself. Find That's yourself exactly what I was gonna say next. the help you need. Know what it is that you need to take care of your own mind and your own well-being to be able to get through this and find your support system. If it's not your family, you've got your support system through your spouse or your kids or your friends. There's a lot of other people out there. I feel like sometimes our friends are just as important to us as our family. They're basically our family at at certain points in our life. So lean on those people too. That's what I would say too. If you can't get into, if you can't get your family bought in to something, you have got to make the tough decision to protect your peace at all costs. And that might look like you not talking to them for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Trust yourself. You do not have to just force something, even if it's your family especially yes. if it's your family, just don't force it. Follow your because, instincts. If yes. it's making you sick, if it's making it's you not sick, supposed to be in your life. It made you physically sick. It made me internally yeah. ill. Like I was so just, like I thought I was going to get an ulcer. I was just like beside myself for days after. Yes. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And it was hard. Don't get me wrong. Like I, it made me really fucking sad, but I had to do it for me and the life that I was trying to build yes. on my own. And with my my family here. So, well, this is a, a good time to wrap up. Don't you let's think? Wrap, Izzy? Let's wrap up. Yeah. Let's wrap up. What are, where are so, we looking at on our so downloads? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, stickers are, we got seven downloads, but I think we have a lot more. I know we have seven <laughs> followers. We have Please. a lot more downloads though. We're getting close to 200. That's a big nice. deal. That's a big deal. Thank you, stickers. Yeah. So thanks for sticking with us, stickers. You're stickers. amazing. Give, um, us- give us a, a review. Follow us on Instagram and um, let us know what you think on Apple and Spotify. And thanks for that, Ada. And lastly, just um, none of this is easy. So to Ada's point, find an ally, find a support. And then just always do some, do what's best for yourself, no matter how much it hurts outside. Trust me, once you get out on the other side, the individual will be open to receiving your boundaries more ongoing. So it's a good thing. It's just really hard. So just trust yourself, protect your peace and go one day at a time. Everything's fine. We're all fine. We're fine. fine. We love you. Thank you. Love you.